welcome to the New York Film Academy Hour. This is episode 20. Class, get ready, because we're about to do YouTube Producing 101. It is going to be intense, it's going to be fun, and hopefully you'll see some familiar shows. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hi guys, I'm Joel. I'm Pega. And we're so excited because today we have Jenny Powell in the studio. Hi, you guys hello. definitely know Jenny's work <laughs> if you're a fan of YouTube and you've got here, so I'm going to assume that you are a fan of the YouTube. Uh, she has won, not one, but two Emmys. First for her Lizzie Bennett Diaries series, which was amazing and came out in 2012. Then Emma Approved, which she followed up with in 2013. She's currently working on the new adventures of Peter and Wendy, but she's also responsible for executive producing one of the First internet cult classics, Lonely Girl 15. She's here to tell us how to cultivate an audience, why YouTube shows work, and how to create content people actually want to watch. Hi, Jenny. How are you Hi. doing? Good. That was a great intro. Thanks. Um, I do have to say, I am currently a produ an executive producer on Lonely Girl. I'm so sorry. I was not yes. originally. Okay. All right. But okay. Th that's a whole, like... Story I'm sure we'll talk about. So I, I'm excited about <laughs> it. Um, so we usually start with the same question, which is, sure. when did you first know you were in love with movies? But I want to pivot that question a sure. bit for you. And when did you first know you loved YouTube? Um, well, I uh, started watching YouTube pretty early on um, because I worked in reality TV at the time. Mm. And when I had downtime, which was a lot of the times... <laughs> because you'd have to be waiting. Like, reality TV was a lot about waiting. Like, what when role? are we going to get tapes? When are we going to get edits? What was your role in reality? I was a supervising producer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Which was what it sounds like. I was supervising everyone else. So mm. I was like, oh, you're doing your job? Good. Okay, I'm going back to my desk now. And so when I had downtime... I would watch YouTube videos because they were quick and I could get pulled away from them at any time and wouldn't really miss anything and just started really getting involved in, I really loved, we, we called them vloggers back then, but yes, now they call yes. them influencers, sure do. Which, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, you know, personality driven content. So I, I was like, this is really engaging and cool and this is a new format and my brain just started going because I do this. I was like, well... Why isn't anyone doing scripted? Mm. And then someone did. Yeah, they did. In a big way. In a giant and shocking way. So what? How, when did you discover Lonely Girl 15 then? Let's just jump straight sure. into it. So I discovered Lonely Girl 15 because a friend of mine actually came up to me and was like, hey, you watch these internet people, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I watch the internet people. <laughs> um because a little bit more background, I, my degree is actually in psychology, oh, not yeah. in in It's not in entertainment what are you at doing all. Doing here, yeah, I know, right? So my friend knew that about me, and that I watched a lot of these YouTubers. He, he was like, "There's this one girl. I'm concerned about her. I, I think something's up." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll watch some of her videos." And then I started watching some. We watched a couple of the videos, and I turned to him and I said, "Are you messing around with me?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "This is scripted." And it's brilliant, and I must know who's doing it. And he's like, "No, she's real." Oh my god! This was I before this fight. Yes, yeah. it was before it came out that it was a scripted show. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I should have bet him a lot of money because I would have <laughs> won a lot of money because I was right. And everybody says, "How did you know?" And I, I can't really pinpoint what it was. It was just an instinct. I don't know. And I was just like, "Yeah, I want to do this. This mm -hmm. is what I want to do." 
I want to use this new technology for storytelling. I think it's brilliant. That's amazing. So let's go back to the beginning of your career. So you sure. mentioned reality TV. Was that your first job in because psychology in the and then yeah. So I I I taught sex education for a while okay. after college. It was a very hard job, um, <laughs> and I just reached and I was actually working. I was in the middle of a master's degree because I was like going all in on the psychology thing, and I still love it and. Actually, it's really good that I did it because having that skill base for producing is pretty important. Sure. Um, and I just realized one day, I was like, what am I doing? There was this whole, like, because I did drama in high school. I, w- I went to this college that I went to because I wanted to go into the entertainment field, but I got totally sidetracked by this other thing, which is fine. I just got diverted for a little <laughs> while. And so I just packed up, quit my program and move to LA. Oh wow. But I was go I was in San Diego. So for me it wasn't like You're just hopping cities. You know, I was hopping cities, yeah. Okay. And my parents are still there. So Okay. Yeah. So then do you straight away start in post supervising? No, no, no. I did extra work for the first eight months because I was like, I don't have a film school background. I need to get on sets. I want to pause right there. If you guys <laughs> are new to LA mm-hmm. or just come out to LA, extras work is fantastic way so to get good. involved into the industry. Yep. Uh, we are right up the street from Central Casting. Yes. They do a really awesome job. Yeah. They help place you. You get to know people. And mm-hmm. I know a ton of cinematographer friends who moved out here after college started off by doing extra work and then got on film sets because they hung out with the camera crew. And yep. they invited them on. Yep. Um, so you're the first person who's told that story. And I think it's yeah. great because I know a ton of people who do it when they get out here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it was great. I, I mean, it's it's a lot of, like, you have to call in every day mm-hmm. and make sure you're booking yourself and all that good stuff. But after a while, you build up, like, connections with them, the casting people, and they start calling you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're like... You know, if you're reliable, basically, if you like have a brain in your head and you're like <laughs> on time, they're like you're the best. Yes, it's so true. I did one day on uh-huh. 24 back when nice. 24 was on, and the casting director called and was like, "What are you doing the rest of the summer?" And exactly. I was on there every single day. Yeah, wow. but yeah, so true. Yeah, so um, so yeah, I did that, and then also uh, around that same time, I had several friends who were in film school, so I just hung out with them, nice, and worked on their shoots. Uh, in fact, I had a bunch of friends that were going to the Los Angeles Film School, and I was there so much that security actually thought I was a student and started just letting me in. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, okay, gonna go use the Avid. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> so I guess in a weird way, I sort of got a film school education, but I didn't pay for it. Sorry, Nifa. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, that was just my route. I got, I got my education in kind of a different way than a lot of people. So. The hands-on approach mm-hmm. is just uh, like the way to go. Like, I kind of learned that. That's the way I learn. Mm-hmm. Is I, I'm not a book learner. I'm a do learner. Yeah. When it came down time for me to choose where I wanted to go to school, I, I went for theater and switched over to filmmaking. But it was important to me that to have a practical education mm-hmm. as opposed to a theoretical yes. because I was mm-hmm. like. I already did that part. Right. <laughs> I read all well, the books. And why I, I love working movies. at NIFA because it, it is hands-on. I, I don't mean to turn this into like, like a an infomercial, yeah. but I feel you. So, no. come to NIFA. Be but, proud of where you work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally am. So, uh, I just find it funny that I stole an education from the LA Film School and I teach at NIFA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Putting your resources forward. I love it. Um, so, a lot of the shows you produced um, mm-hmm. from... a. Elizabeth Bennett to Wendy to Emma are really old characters that you've helped mm-hmm. modernize and mm-hmm. kind of bring forth. Uh, 
first, I guess I want to ask, have you always been a voracious reader and love these characters? And second, what makes them long-lasting and enduring to audiences even today? Sure. Um, I'm a huge reader, so yeah, I'm, I'm a, I love literature. I, I just said earlier that I wasn't a book learner, but I do love to read. So. Totally different things. <laughs> totally different things. Fiction. Um, but what was interesting about how Lizzie Bennett came about is it started as an idea. Mm-hmm. And it what, the original idea was not Pride and Prejudice. Oh. The original idea was Hank Green, and we were chatting online, because he doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. So we were chatting online, and he said, Jenny, what do you think about this idea? What if we adapted a novel to YouTube? And I went, oh my god, it's brilliant, we have to do it. What book are we doing? We have to do it now before somebody else thinks of this. This is an amazing <laughs> idea. We have to do right. this. And he goes, oh yeah, I know exactly what book we're doing. And I was like, okay, what? The Diary of Anne Frank. And I was like, um... Mm. Hank, no. <laughs> we cannot do the Diary of Anne Frank. That's First of all, how do you heavy. modernize that story? Right. And second of all, it's not public domain. Mm. And he's like, well, this is why I'm asking you, because I remember you did that Anne Frank web series. At that one. I did. We'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, yeah, but that's parody, dude. And I was not trying to modernize it at all. Mm. It was still set in the past. And I was just like, okay, Hank, it's not going to happen. And he's like... Well, I'm going to look into it anyway. I was like, okay, but don't take too long, because uh, time's ticking. Book idea, let's do it. we got to get it right. on this. Um, so I started pitching him, like, Shakespeare, and, like, and I was pitching him dramas. Like, I wanted to do t- Titus Andronicus. Ooh, I love <laughs> it! <laughs> but he was like, uh, but there's, like, tongues getting ripped out, and feeding people to people. And I was like, yeah, so, we can do it. It's awesome. Um, I didn't get my way on doing a dark one until we did Frankenstein. Mm. Finally, I was like, and I wanted to do Jekyll and Hyde, but whatever. I actually developed Jekyll and Hyde, which I'm still holding on to, because I was like, I still think it'd be so good. I'd really love for you to do a Dorian Gray with, like, oh, a cell my phone as opposed to, Oh, like, my gosh. Media. That's so brilliant. <laughs> right? <laughs> Taking that. Um, but, yeah, it took him, it took him a good several months before he looped back and was like, okay, I, I'll let it go. I'll drop it. Um, and one of the big reasons for that is his brother, John, uh, who is the author of The Fall in Our Stars. Mm. Oh, yeah. Part of that novel is set in the Anne Frank house. So he actually had to go through the... Because pro- anytime you use the house, her likeness, her name, her image, you have to go through the Anne Frank Foundation oh, to wow, get permission. Okay. Um, and Hank watched John go through this process and was like, so much work. He's like, no, it's not worth it. Changed my mind. And then he came back to me. But then even then he said, well, we'll do a different book as a proof of concept. Then I'll go back to the Anne Frank Mm. Foundation. I was like, okay, whatever, dude. We're doing something else. What do we want to do? And it was actually his wife who suggested Pride and Prejudice because it's her favorite book. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't read that in years. I gotta go back and read it again to see if it works. And he did the same and we both agreed. We were like, this is the one. This is the one. And it was the perfect one. It's wonderful. Um, and then, I guess the follow-up question was, what makes these characters kind of enduring to audiences, and, and how, and maybe what's the process of modernizing them like? Well, really, it was breaking down the novel into, like, because it's really set out in sections, mm. like, they, there was a section, um, the beginning, and then they go to Netherfield, and then they do this, and then, and then the soldiers and come, cri- and, and then, then the soldiers, yeah. exactly, so we kind of, like, laid it all out, and then we went, okay, of all these major things, what's today's equivalent? Okay. And we did it that way. And, I, and the why I think they're so enduring is the relatability mm-hmm. and the fact that there are modern equivalents possible. Um, some were more challenging than others. Like, we had to figure out the whole, like, 
why are they staying at Netherfield so long in this ah. modern day when they can just take a plane? Because back then it was like you had to walk or take a wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just like, oh, we'll make them the neighbor. And it's just that they go over there a lot. Coffee. That works. Um, and then the whole scandal with um, Lydia. Mm-hmm. She gets married. She, she, yeah. So yeah. in our version, she makes a sex tape. Oh, wow. <laughs> Super modern. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Are they still teaching these books in school? Do we I know? think so. Yeah. Okay. And we did get a lot of people who were watching it because they loved the book, but we did get a lot of people who were like, I read the book because of this. Wow. Which was awesome. See, that's what I was wondering. That's yeah. For the young, yeah. super young millennials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're seeing this before the book. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so talk to us a little bit about uh, going from Elizabeth Bennett to Emma's story, uh-huh. um, where you guys kind of were like, okay, well, the Austin thing works, so we'll just stick with what we know. Yeah. Or were you just, are these characters just that inspiring? You're like, we, we can do Emma just right. as easily. Um, it was interesting because I felt that we should do something else. Mm-hmm. But Bernie Sue, who's one of, the, one of the other creators, he was really passionate about the character of Emma, which mm. I can totally see because a lot of her personality traits are traits that he has in him. <laughs> so I was like, I am not surprised. And he really, the, the, the concept with Emma to take it to the next level was, can we brand a character? Mm-hmm. And so Emma, he was really like, let's make Emma a brand. Oh, okay. And, and you can we do that in a way that's still a compelling story and doesn't feel like branding? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was really successful. I mean, it won another Emmy, so. Yeah, it did. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, uh, when you're working on these series mm-hmm. as executive producer, what is mm-hmm. your, I mean, we know you're, you're shaping the landscape, mm-hmm. you know, you're hiring and getting the crews mm-hmm. together. What is your main goal with these, and mm-hmm. I guess what are your main duties? The well, I actually very rarely executive produce. Okay. I'm usually the producer. And Copy. the producer is the one who's the day-to-day, boots on the ground. like. Uh, and basically, the way I think of producing is it's giant puzzle. Mm-hmm. So, And when I come into it, there's just a bunch of pieces scattered all over the place, and I have to put them all together to make it a cohesive whole and that, to make it all work. Um, and I also really I, I treat it like a game. Because, to me, it's fun. And um, I just like to think of it that way. Um, so, yeah. So, that's basically what the producer is. is You don't see them a lot because they're off doing other things. Because they're <laughs> thinking about next week while you're getting this week done. Yeah. And it's, like, always being, like, a couple steps ahead. And you also have to be have the ability to think on your feet. Because no matter how much you plan ahead of time, something will go wrong. And you just have to be ready for it. Um, you don't know when or what, like, an actor gets sick or, no. you know, like, it could be anything. Like Somebody falls location. and breaks their leg on set and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, crap, uh, this was why we, I got insurance, so <laughs> yay. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of stuff. So, How long is each episode? Of Lizzie Bennet Diaries? Mm-hmm. Um, they ranged between two minutes and I think the longest is seven minutes. Okay. Seven or eight minutes. So how long is production usually since they're so short? I've always wondered. So the way we produce Lizzie Bennet Diaries, um, and this kind of ties into like, because I learned this vlog style narrative from working on Lonely Girl. And Lonely Girl's production schedule was insane. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were only shooting a week in advance. 
And so we were constantly oh, shooting wow. because we wanted to leave it open enough to adjust based on fan feedback. Oh, wow. But because of that, our production schedule was nuts. It was nuts. Um, and occasionally we'd have to like bring an actor in and be like, well, you got to shoot this really quick video because we got to plug this hole that like this fan noticed. Da, 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 da. Um, and uh, wow. so when we started planning for Lizzie, I was like, I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will die. And especially Ashley, who's our lead, mm-hmm. like she's in almost every single episode. Right. So it's like for her, it's crazy if if we're constantly calling her in and having to do all that. So the way we set it up is we would shoot a month's worth of episodes in one day. We were shooting between 50 and 60 pages a, a day. day. Wow. I know. It, I tell anybody in production this, and they're like, "That is impossible." Yes. I was like, "We did it." Okay, well, let's let's break that down a little bit <laughs> sure. for our audience. So, uh, how many? You guys only have the one set, right? Yes. So that's a little bit helpful. Yes. We're not doing big. We're moves not changing or the camera. We occasionally change the lighting based on time of day. Sure. But we would shoot in the order so that we could we would change them the least amount of times. Got it. Um, and she was just a rock star. Like, yeah. she came so prepared. We did have a mic stand with the lines on it just because it's so much content in one day. Absolutely. And you do have the ability to pause. where the, So basically when we script it, we write in where the jump cuts go. And we shoot it in, in those sections Got so it. that she has time to, like, breathe in between and and take a look at her script if she needs to. And so we'll shoot, like, each section until we're happy with it, and then move on to the next section. And so, it's just one location, right? One yeah. location. Okay. So it sounds like the key... Well, we, it, we moved over time, but like oh, for a whole month they would be in one, one place, gotcha. and then okay. we might move them the following. We had to move them at one point because Lizzie Bennett's bedroom was my bedroom. <laughs> and get out. <laughs> during the shooting, my, hu- my now husband, he was my boyfriend then, uh, moved in with me, and oh, it got boy. really tight, and we're like... We want to move, so we're gonna have to figure out how to get them out of this. Gonna, <laughs> so it just moved. She moved from vlogging in her bedroom to doing it in the den in the house because mm-hmm. by that time everyone knew she was doing it. So it was, it was actually a really justified reason that she moved. Yeah, but that's why she moved is because we moved out of the place. I love it. So it sounds <laughs> like what's most important in these things is organization and preparation up front and then in your casting making sure that you're casting somebody who uh can handle that amount of material memorization and is uh willing to be a little bit flexible yeah okay well with and i i did the casting on lizzie Mm -hmm. bennett myself because i was like i don't trust anyone with this um because originally hank and bernie were thinking about casting an influencer as the lead as you do a lot of people do i well I've been saying since the beginning that that's not a smart move. And I fought them on it. Uh, um, be, the biggest reason why it doesn't work is one, I mean, there are certain vloggers that, who can act. That's, a bunch of them can't, sure. but they're still being put in these roles that are like way above what they can handle. And then the second reason is their audience don't want to see them playing someone else. Right, they the whole an reason that the audience loves them is them, not them mm-hmm. pretending to be someone sure. else. And they can kind of see through that cast. They know it's stunt casting. And they might go see it once to support, but it's not going to, like, that's still not enough to make it successful. You know? That's interesting because I've been hearing a lot of different opinions on, on casting stars. And a lot of people say, as you say, you know, we're concerned, like, you know, 
having an Instagram following does not equate talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, or drive and work and understanding, like, a film set is a crazy busy place. Everyone needs to become prepared and mm-hmm. be professional. And mm-hmm. if you don't understand the amount of work that goes in time and money-wise before mm-hmm. you even get to set, you may not respect the set like you should. Right. But from a lot of young producers, I've heard, yeah, but this gets my movie funding. The minute I have somebody who has 20,000 oh, yeah. 20, followers in a lead role, I can have people start to give me mm-hmm. money to actually complete the project. That may be true now, but it's quickly changing because they're they're realizing that just shoving them in there is not a measure of success. Good things to note. Good yeah. things to note. The, the thing I hear more now when I go into pitches, they go, what's the world? What's the... Ah, ha- they want yeah. franchises now. Yeah, they, they want do. franchises. That universe because building is intense. Star Wars, mm-hmm. Marvel... The Marvel Universe, DC Universe, it's working. And they're like, oh, we need more of that. Which is great for a producer like me. Yeah, it is. Because I just think that way. That's mm-hmm. when I create something, I'm creating a world, not just a single story. That's just how I've always thought creatively. It's great. Absolutely. So I'm excited. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's finally coming together. <laughs> so... With YouTube, do they mm-hmm. have a way of rating the material the way that movie theaters no. do? No. So you can put anything and... You, it might anything. get flagged. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it might get flagged. Uh, you're not supposed to use, like... You're not supposed to harm anyone in the video or overly use too much language. Like, a few F-bombs here and there is not going to do it. But, okay. um, like, PewDiePie got in big trouble because he was using a lot of Nazi in- imagery mm-hmm. in his videos. And that's one of the big reasons that one maker dropped him, yeah. because makers owned by Disney, and Disney went, "Wait a second, what? Who? <laughs> we can't what? do that." <laughs> um, and but the thing was, the imagery he was using was to make a point. He's not a Nazi supporter. He's not. But a bunch of white supremacists say, "We love PewDiePie because this." And mm-hmm. I was like, "You're not even getting that he's being ironic. He's not." <laughs> supporting you you don't and i don't know why they don't get that but i guess it's over their head but mm-hmm. um but unfortunately he's pay- paying the price for it but mm-hmm. not really because he's still mm-hmm. the number one channel on youtube right wow. and no one shows signs of catching him anytime soon and now he's a free agent he can do whatever he wants yeah it, it seems he's kind of impenetrable i've seen countless like from from name like journalists mm-hmm. about behavior or conduct or paying for reviews and all these other kinds mm-hmm. of things and he just he can't be touched <laughs> people like PewDiePie yeah. so um, I, I want to ask you about YouTube as a a platform but before we go into that I mm-hmm. want to ask you when did you we kind of touched on it a little bit but when did you get involved with Lonely Girl 15? Um, I got involved when I'm going back to this Anne Frank Get web it. series that I did. So in the in the Lonely Girl community, mm-hmm. the creators really encouraged the audience to create their own content within the world. So they were very much like create your own characters. They occasionally would actually take a fan character and make them a real can- wow. character. So it's called canonizing them. Mm-hmm. So they became canon. Um, and a lot of a lot of the community, that was their goal. They were like, oh, i got to get my character canonized. That's like the ultimate. And I was like, I just want to work on the show. How do I get that? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, maybe I should try to get their attention by doing some fan content. Sure. But I didn't want to just do what everyone else was doing. Right. I was like, I don't want to just make, a, make up a character and play it and like do it that way. I was like, I want to do a parody. 
And at the time, I was doing sketch writing at UCB. And oh, wow. I had a group that we were writing a sketch, go- sketch show together, and it was called The History of the World According to YouTube, <laughs> which was taking historical figures and then viral videos and mashing them up. I love that. And so the first idea that popped out of my mouth when we decided that's what we were going to do, I was like, well, if Anne Frank had a camera, she'd video blog. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of similarities between the Lonely Girl 15 character and Anne Frank, Mm -hmm. both in personality and, like, the situation. Like, she's trapped. She's Mm -hmm. trying to get away from bad people. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could totally take the first episode of Lonely Girl and rewrite it in, like, 40s slang and then have it be Anne Frank. Amazing. And so I was like, it's super simple. Like, I'll just play Anne. It's easy. We'll make it black and white. <laughs> like, we did the whole thing. And it was like one, just her t- saying, hi, I'm Anne. Just basically a parody of the first episode mm-hmm. of Lonely Girl. And so we did it. And I was like, I don't know. Are we crossing a line? This is taking a chance. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to put it up. And if the fans don't like it, fine, I'll stop. Sure. And hopefully I don't offend anyone. And I put it up and they loved it. And they're like, do more, do more. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing more. Uh, Okay. And then over the course of time, I was like, we have to come up with a device that gets her out of the room, though. Mm. Like... Her just vlogging in an attic is going to get real boring fast. And so we decided her teddy bear was a time travel device. Wow. And then it just like, from there, it was just like, <laughs> like there were portals and she was, she went to the past and tried to tass- assassinate Hitler and failed. And then she went to the future <laughs> and like, they threw her a party because they all knew she was going to die, but nobody would tell her she's going to, it's like, I was like, how are we getting away with this? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But people loved it. And the creators loved it because one of the creators reached out to me and said, I want to be in your show. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Yeah. I want to be on your show. Yeah, she was like, can you write me a character? I want to be on your show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can. It's going to be the best thing you've ever seen because then you're going to hire me. Because I was already thinking, like, this yeah. is a job interview. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the weirdest job interview I'll ever have. But that's what this is. So I organized. That was when Anne Frank traveled to the future. Mm-hmm. So her character was... Like, an older sister, like, helping her, like, wanting to show her the outside world, but not telling her the the truth is that, oh, by the way, you're going to (laughs) die. Which is weird. But you mentioned putting a video up on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and if it fails, do you take it off or do you leave it? No, you leave it. You leave it. You leave it. Okay. That's integrity. Come on. Back up your work. I was going to ask you, too, because I know a lot of students are concerned about, like, well, when should I start putting my work out there? They're mm-hmm. concerned about, like, you know, it doesn't feel hyper-polished or, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they've written something better since. And they're right. like, well, I'll start with that one. And then, of course, that one comes around. They're like, but mm-hmm. I have something better. Do you say just put it out there and let the world decide? Mm-hmm. Or yeah? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. And, I mean, I sort of did because I had a little bit of a production background. But, like, and we'll watch, you know, I think you're going to show the first episode of Lonely Girl. That I mean, it's not... It's not rocket science. It's a girl mm-hmm. talking in her bedroom. Let's take a look at it now, yeah. actually. Hi, guys. Um, so this is my first video blog. Um, I've been watching for a while, and I really like a lot of you guys on here. Um, I really like pay to the order of 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 two. <laughs> you or she, she, you're really funny, and um, your videos are always really interesting. You seem really nice. Um... And then there's the wine cone, or wine, just wine cone, I'm not sure. Um, you are 
totally retarded, but I like it. Well, I guess a video blog is about me. My name is Bree. I'm 16. Um, I don't really want to tell you where I live because you could like stalk me. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what you need to know about my town is that it's really boring. Like, really boring. Really, really boring. Um, that's probably why I spend so much time on my computer. I'm a dork. <laughs> um, I didn't really have a plan for this video blog, but hmm, I guess I'll just do this. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that. Okay, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, um bye. And so much space. Totally simple. Yeah. One actress. All about it's all about her and just getting to know her and her quirkiness and her. And the first video was so captivating, even mm-hmm. though so simple. Uh, I was so shocked when you said you're like, oh no, this is scripted because I remember actively like as it's so weird to think about because as you mentioned earlier, this is the 10 year anniversary. You guys just released uh, another video, mm-hmm. uh, surprising Surprise. fans, which was <laughs> amazing. And if you were around in 08, I was a senior in high school. Uh, and I remember the word of mouth going around, like, there's a girl online, I was like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but like five episodes in, everyone is addicted and needing to understand what's happening to her Mm -hmm. and what's going on, um, and it was fascinating, and from that, we get, like, you know, so many additional YouTube stories, I mean, like, you could trace bits of, like, the Wendy Adams, uh, character back to that, who, if you guys watched when she was allowed to have her show before the Adams family was like, stop that. Uh, she was great. She was going around California yeah, being Wendy Adams right. yeah, yeah, on yeah, People's yeah, Parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to even Carmilla, because those girls mm-hmm. are amazing and doing similar one camera in yep. the bedroom kind yep. of stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you, so, so back in, in a way, you just did it and, and hope people yeah. liked it. Um, if you guys know of, um, Ah, Donald Glover did the same thing with his guys. They were doing sketch comedy on YouTube Derek, before anybody yeah, understood. Yeah, comedy. Yeah, before what it was. Um, but now, there's, like, a bunch of different ways to get started. You could go um, YouTube way where you're, you're putting it up and you have a production company behind you as you're doing it. Um, students are posting their projects. Some people, like the Carmela Kids, mm-hmm. were able to team up with, uh, I think Codex is their sponsor, mm-hmm. who financially supports this show, yep. which is just yep. kind of incredible. Is there a better way? Is it is it based on story? Is it just get in how you can fit in? Ba- basically, I say it's get in how you fit in. Like, really think about, like, what content do you like um, and what do you want to be making? Because there, there are, there's so many options now. It's like, if you're a musician, then you want to do music videos. If you're a video gamer, you probably want to do Twitch. Mm. Um, it's just really coming up with, like, what what is my story I want to tell or what is, what, what is me because, it, you know, there's a difference between if you're doing scripted or you want to become a person, an influencer, a personality. So it's really sitting down and honing in on, on what the core of you is. Because okay. I tried to vlog for maybe two weeks and I was like, nope, not, not my style. I'm, I want to <laughs> produce other people's stuff. I don't want to be an in, pers- in front of the camera right. person, even though I get roped into almost every series and show that I work on. They're like, oh, we need somebody to play the maid. Jenny! I was like, oh, man. I've been a maid, like, five times in web series. True, especially my roommate works in reality, and she's like, I've never worked on a show where they haven't been like, can you just, like, 
walk by or just be. She's like, I work behind the scenes. I know. Um, so it does a heads up. If you guys don't like being on camera, if you work around a camera, you might have to be in front of one for like five minutes. Yeah, it's but not so bad. No, it, you get over it. Um, I want to talk to you very briefly about yeah. YouTube Red. Sure. Uh, and your your feelings on that. Because, you know, we've been talking about YouTube and, and posting and figuring out where you can. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube opens this new platform service. It starts so slow in building and trying to get numbers. And yeah. I think because me personally, when they were like, oh, you can pay for a subscription service. And I was like, what do I get with it? And they're like, more stuff from YouTube creators. I'm like, I get that for free. Right. right. It's, it's weird for me to pay it's, for it. Especially when I support a lot of people yeah. do like Patreon or other things like mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, you buy their DVDs or something. Because you, you do want to support you know the people out there creating content because it's a ton of work but mm-hmm. man like a subscription service i don't know so what are, i was wondering what your thoughts on um yeah i i think they didn't have a full plan like should have had way more content prepared mm. before they launched to have the the reason that no one stayed is that they paid the money went and watched everything in this free seven days and then we're like bye mm. like because uh-huh. there wasn't enough there to keep them there Copy. and yeah all influencer driven mm-hmm. why why not try something new and different? Or, I don't know, bring back Lonely Girl. Yeah. Because I actually sat down with them and talked to them about that. When we did the 10-year anniversary video, someone at YouTube saw it and said, come in, pitch to us. And I, it, it, it yeah. It's there's still time, YouTube. Uh, correct this mistake. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like something like that, especially with 10 years and especially mm-hmm. being the first viral video of its kind, which it... Uh, having trouble understanding yeah. why not. Yeah. I, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't fit in with what they were looking for oh, at that time. Dang. And I got really encouraged because we actually went back to them. Me, I, I also do casting. So me <laughs> and uh, I have another casting associate. We work together. We went back to pitch them, like, hire us as your in-house casting people. And we will cast real actors, mm. not influencers. I mean, if an in, I'm, I'm not against casting influencers. I've done it before. In mm-hmm. New Adventures of Peter and Wendy, we had Megan Camarena, who is Strawberry 17, but I knew she could act. She yeah. actually came in and auditioned for the part, and she fit the role. So she got the job. Um, but I don't believe in shoehorning them in for the sake of shoehorning them in. I've certainly seen projects uh, and then heard horror stories about casting somebody who just yeah. couldn't fulfill the obligations of the role and I, I know it's, it's frustrating. It's not their fault either. No. And so it's frustrating on both sides, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they don't feel good about it and, you know, they're getting a nice paycheck, which mm-hmm. is Awesome for well, them. Well, it feels but like the natural next step as an influencer. You know, you're you're supposed to gain followers, and mm-hmm. you do either TV or film or something, mm-hmm. and then hopefully you launch a career outside of just mm-hmm. the internet, which is weird because the internet is expensive. But you have but to put in the work. Yeah, you can't just be like, I have followers, but I never took an acting class. Exactly. I didn't go to film school. Like Michael Gallagher is a perfect example of someone who put in the work. Yes, we actually have Michael Gallagher him. on yeah, the show. He's great. About his films. He's awesome. I've worked with him before. He's, he's wonderful. fantastic. Um, Oh, other fun fact about Lonely Girl. Jessica Rose, who's the lead, mm-hmm. went to NIFA. Oh, what? Yeah, she booked Lonely Girl right after graduating NIFA. Oh so we'll gosh. be reaching out to you, Jessica Rose. Yes. <laughs> this is new she's currently in Australia, but I think it sounds like she's moving back out here. Yes. So I'll let you know. I'm yeah. sure she'd do it. I'm so. going to stalk you now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned Peter and Wendy. Let's just jump mm-hmm. into it. Tell us about this new show yeah. you have. 
Okay. Well, actually, it's been on three seasons. <laughs> we actually just <laughs> wrapped our new er. Um, <laughs> my newest. Yes, that's true. Um, it is a modern day adaptation of Peter Peter Pan. Um, at first, because uh, I actually I worked on um, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, Emma approved, and then I was I did the casting on Frankenstein, but I actually didn't produce it because I was like I want to stop doing adaptations. I don't want to get known as, like, that's all I do, mm-hmm. is these YouTube f- vlogger um, adaptations. Not that I don't love them. Sure. But the creator, Kyle Walters, approached me, because I'd actually worked with him on Welcome to Sanditon. Was, it was actually a short-run show that ran between Lizzie Bennett and Emma. So cute. People don't remember it. But it yeah. was cute, <laughs> and it was fun. Um, and I learned a lot from it that we actually took to... New Adventures of Peter and Wendy. So Kyle was one of the stars in that little mini show, and he came up to me at at a Pemberley Digital Christmas party, I think is when <laughs> it happened. He walked up to me, and he's like, what if I wanted to do Peter Pan? And I was like, oh, you literally pitched me the one project that I will go back <laughs> on my word, and produ- because Peter, Peter Pan is like, that's my childhood. Oh, yeah? Like... I was obsessed. I was like, I'm going to Neverland. I'm just waiting for him to come pick me up. Let's go. Um, so he literally pitched me the one thing that I'm like, oh, I can't say no to that. I can't say no. And he's like, yeah, well, I want to do it modernized, and I want Peter Pan to be um, in his mid-20s and yeah. having to deal with the fact that he's growing up. And I was like, oh, I love it. Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. I, blah. Um, so, so I did. <laughs> All right. Let's check the trailer for this because it is super cutesy. And today's topic is growing up. <laughs> the only thing you'll ever need to know about growing up is don't do it, bitch or crap. <laughs> no! No! Okay, you too. Remember when I said that everyone grows up? Well, everyone but one. <laughs> Wendy Moira Angela Darling. It was the most beautiful name I'd ever heard. Would it be weird if Wendy and I were more than just friends? Well, that changes a couple things. Peter Penguin to match your service. Ah. Am I the only normal one in this family, or is it genetic? And I'm just a ticking time bomb of crazy. You taste as horrible as you read! <laughs> I'm not comfortable being on camera. You never know who's watching. The world must be clean! <laughs> that was thorough. Thank you. I've rejected so many men, and she's been rejected by so many men. <laughs> I'm Michael, the good-looking sibling. I play a lot of video games, and I smoke a lot of hams. Yes, you do. You smoke those hams, and they're delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that growing up can seem scary, but we've all got to do it. Man, what do you think life would be like five years from now? It is not always about what you want, Peter. That's right, my darlings. I'm ready to leave Neverland. What is so wrong with Neverland? Have you ever wanted to see the world? Did you put your mark on it? Is one so bad? I mean, is it bad that I want to tell you how great you are? I thought this day would never come. Let's hunt. Freedom! Come on! (laughs) I am both impressed and a little freaked out. Thank you. That's gonna be awesome! Our adventure is just beginning.
acting at America. Love it. EpicRobotTV2.com for the people who are listening uh, to our show, The New it's Adventures of Peter. Also and available on full screen if you're you can watch it on your phone while you're out and about. But nice. yeah, Epic Robot TV is the main channel for it. Um, but like I said, it's also on full screen. So. Excellent, excellent. What do you hope people walk away with after viewing Peter and Wendy? I just want them to feel happy. <laughs> I want them to have a happy thought. Oh, um, that's excellent. Yeah, it's just, it's a sweet show. And, you know, it's about magic. And even though it's like Neverland, Ohio is a super boring town, there's still fairies and there's still mermaids. And, um, yeah, that it was it was interesting when we were just starting to produce the show where we were like, well, Tinkerbell has to be in it. How visually do we deal with that? Right. Is she a real person in this world or is she still a fairy? And originally... Kyle, the creator, had an actress in mind, and the actress herself suggested, well, what if she's the camera? And we're like, you do realize you just pitched yourself out of a, out of a job, right? <laughs> because that is brilliant. <laughs> so from Wendy's point of view, it's a regular camera because she is a vlogger herself. She does, dear do- she does advice mm-hmm. and um, also um, some fashion stuff. Because we were able to work in a, a brand deal that way with a company called Modcloth. Most of her costumes come from Modcloth. Yes. They were a great partner. Because I was like, because we'd, we'd worked with them on Lizzie Bennett Diaries mm-hmm. for Jane Bennett. And when we were doing Wendy, I was like, once I knew it was going to be Paula Rhodes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, she'd look amazing in everything Modcloth yeah. has. So I reached out to them and I was like, I got this for you. And they're like, Anything you want. I was yes. like, yes. yes. Free costumes. Yes, free costumes. So good. Um, but I got off track. I was talking about Tinkerbell and the whole... Uh, so from when when it's Peter's point of view, he's talking directly to the camera because it is Tinkerbell. Mm. And yeah. it, he interacts with it. It mo- it floats like a fairy. Oh. They actually call it the Tink Cam. Aww. The cinematographer loved it. He's like, can I have her like fly up and down and through his legs? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> um, and then she tink- she bells like yeah. a bell, like, like classic Tinkerbell right. does. Um, but then the second thing with Tinkerbell is we knew we were going to do an interactive show. So they, the characters were going to have social media profiles. Mm. And we're like, well, what does Tinkerbell do? Does she, like, bop on the computer? Like, how does she communicate yeah. through social media? And we were brainstorming this. And then just out of my mouth, I was like, what if she only spoke in emojis? Yes. And we were like, that's it. That is yes. how Tinkerbell talks is. on social media. She that's only amazing. speaks in emojis. And the audience actually has to try to translate what she's I trying love to say. This. Yeah. Oh and we actually, goodness. in the later season, we added an additional Kara called Sarah Lightly, which mm-hmm. is Slightly, which is my favorite, ah. my favorite Lost Boy. Um, and she was a grad student that was studying the ancient fairy language. And uh, so she was, she started translating and at the end of it she wrote a paper like translating the fairy language oh so gosh. now the, the fans can go back and retranslate all of her the tweets wow. if they want to. Amazing. Okay, yeah. so the depth and universe building here is intense yeah. and beautiful. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you, we're talking yes. about adaptations and all these yeah, things. Yeah. You've got great raw material for for uh, oh my gosh, Pride and Prejudice and Emma and um, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Do you have favorite adaptations? 
Do I have favorite yeah, adaptations? Yeah, like, are, are you that someone else's Are you, them? like, BBC, or are you Kira Knightley? Or, because I have these fights a lot with my friends. Oh. Right, right. Um, I, <laughs> my favorite adaptation is a Peter Pan one. Mm-hmm. It was called Peter Pan and the Pirates. I don't know this one. It was a Fox TV animated version of what? Peter Pan. And it was, like, additional adventures. And what wow. I loved about it is, this is why Slightly is my favorite Lost Boy. Because um, he said Slightly a lot. It, well, Slightly, blah, 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 Slightly, <laughs> da, da, da. And they made Billy Jukes, who was a pirate, yeah. their age. Oh, yeah. Like, he was younger. And, like, they, at one point, Slightly and Billy Jukes had to go off on their own separate adventure. And oh they became God. friends. And then there was all this drama of, like, but we can't be friends. We're enemies. And I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And I love it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Got it. So check that out. Because I certainly didn't know there was an animated Peter Pan. And now I'm super excited because I love Anderson. Jenny, you have been a wonderful guest. We so learned fun. so much from you. Thank you. About the YouTube space and, and producing YouTube works and and. What do followers really mean? Uh, it was, thank you so much. You're welcome. Wonderful. You're welcome. Uh, class, join us next week. I don't know who's going to be on the show, but as always, someone will be. It's going to be fun and amazing, and Pega and I will be here to walk you through it. Uh, join us always Thursdays at 4 o'clock. Uh, if you like us on the iTunes, read us. Let us know your thoughts. If you know a NIFA alumni or a current student or anybody that you'd like to see on the show, you can always suggest that. Yeah. We're open-eared, really excited to hear from you guys. Um, and if you follow along in the live chat or just want to comment below on the YouTube page, we love hearing for you, from you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday at 4 o'clock. Bye. <laughs> from producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.